Listener-supported KFUO invites you to listen live to our annual share It's your opportunity to show your support to KFUO. If you can't join us live, please prayerfully consider supporting us by calling 314-996-1518 and asking about our giving levels. You can also click the Give Now button on our webpage. Share 2017, April 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Listening to Faith and Family, I'm Andy Bates. How do we serve the church at large? How do we serve our partner churches around the world? What's happening in our partner churches around the world as uh, as they strive to bring word and sacrament ministry to people in their community? You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. Find out more about them on our website, kfuo.org. Joining me in studio today, friends from right here in the LCMS International Center, but uh, they're not always here in the LCMS International Center. Some of them travel quite a bit to uh, to tell the stories of what's happening in our partner churches around the world. In studio today with me, Peter Slayton. He's a social media manager. Is that right? Did that I, is correct. Social media manager for LCMS Communications and my favorite photojournalist in the world, Eric Lunsford from LCMS Communications. Hey, he's Eric. mine too. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> But we don't get to see him that often. He's he's always out. No, uh, he's hard. To, he's story. hard to pin down. He's Catch. all over the world. <laughs> it's like where in the world is Eric Lunsford today? It's, it's really a game we play down in comms. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a regular. Where's Eric? Oh, he's in Asia. No, he was in Asia last week. He's in Mexico today. Yeah. <laughs> always traveling the world, but. Uh, but for the sake of, of telling the story, capturing the, the story to, to share mm-hmm. with uh, not only with, with us in the LCMS, but also with others around the world as well to, uh, to hear the story of uh, our partner churches who are bringing that good news of Jesus to, uh, to souls all around the world. So you gentlemen recently traveled together to, yep. to yes. Togo. Yeah. We uh, were both assigned, uh, this is my first time being assigned as a writer on a story, so it's kind of social media manager writing a story. Well, apparently I have a, my, my, my gift set is diversifying. It's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, so they sent me with Eric. Eric and I really enjoy working together. Mm-hmm. He does a fantastic job telling the story with the pictures that he makes, and then I get to do the, the writing and uh, kind of teeing those up there. So they sent us together, along with Christian Belke, who is the yeah. missionary services director of missionary services. He kind of cares for the missionary. So mm-hmm. the three of us went over to really, it's the very first time we in comms at least have told the story of what's going on in Western Africa. Um, I mean, I, Eric, I think that was your first time in Western Africa at all, right? Yes. I'd previously uh, been through Ghana just a very short amount of time, but to come on over um, to Togo and Burkina Faso mm-hmm. was really uh, fantastic of a visit, and uh, what what a wonderful contrast uh, to East Africa as well, and just seeing the great work there. What was the draw? What was the the reason for going to Togo? Just we want to show that uh, the really great work in the partner churches. We have really fantastic missionaries doing wonderful work there, and also to really get at the story. I'm, 
I just really want to draw you into my experiences about telling the story about how people are impacted by the work here. Wouldn't you agree, Peter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think one of, the, one of the big things we have going on in Western Africa is the, the CLET, the Centre Lutherien Etudier Theologique. Ooh. I completely butchered that. But it's basically the Lutheran Center for Theological Education. Yeah, that wasn't bad. That, that, was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that was the most French we've had I, on, on air. Hey, I agree. <laughs> I agree. That, that came in. That's good to learn. All right. Merci beaucoup. Um, but we were, we were there to tell the story of the school, what's going on. It was uh, started back in the 90s by LCMS missionaries. We The LCMS has actually been in Western Africa, Togo specifically, since 81, 82. Uh, the Reverend Walt DeMoss was our first missionary we sent there. And they had done church planting. They had started churches. They have been doing literacy. They have been training evangelists. But uh, there weren't really any opportunity to ordain pastors, we didn't have full training available for pastors. And so the CLET, as it is known there, uh, is the school that they started back in the 90s to begin training pastors and ordaining them. And so, one, you know, a little cool factoid there that I've, um, that I made sure I got there was in 2002, they graduated their first class. So you can say before 2002, there were no Lutheran pastors in Togo. 2002, there were five. And now we have 19 ordained men. There's 24 evangelists. I believe this year our missionaries were telling us that the CLET is set to have about 40 students. And just a massive explosion there. I think they're, they're around 15 or 20 right now. So they're about to double in size. And these men are all across Francophone Africa. It's not just Togo. It's all our partner churches. So these are men who are coming from various French-speaking countries across Africa. That's that's the the, the key thing. One of the things they have in common. These mm-hmm. are French-speaking students. So are the classes conducted in French then? Yeah, the they're, seminary. They're completely in French. Our missionaries who go serve there had to spend time either in France or Burkina Faso, uh, surrounding areas, to learn French in order to become professors and teachers there. And everything is is done in French. So we were having everything translated for us for the most part, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. Had either of you any uh, any experience in the French language prior to this? Yeah, I, I studied French in primary school and I was basically fluent. And uh, it was very, very rusty. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, after a couple of days, you really start to pick it up, and mm-hmm. that this is terrific. And um, I can never remember the word for bottle of water, though. That was like the worst thing because you, you constantly need water and you have to buy l'eau. bottled water. Yeah, but there's like a word for like the bottle. So I got low, but there was like a bottle something in there, too. And it's like, <laughs> oh, s'il vous plaît. Or I'd constantly throw in Portuguese because I learned Portuguese when I was a kid. And so I'd be like throwing in words and they'd stare at me. I'm like, I used Portuguese just now, didn't I? Yeah. I was nervous. <laughs> I was nervous. I think I spoke German to somebody. <laughs> I had three years of French in high school, but I mean, I was never fluent or anything. Mm-hmm. I just basic conversational high school level French. <laughs> I think I had, I had one year of French, but I also sang in choir all through high school and parts of oh, college, yeah. mm-hmm. middle school, high school yeah. and parts of college. So just singing languages. So you can, I could pronounce things. Oh yeah. I can I just say, don't know what they mean. <laughs> yeah. I can say anything in French. I can sing anything in French. I just have no idea what I'm saying. So what was it like visiting the, the seminary then in, uh, where the, the, the common language is French and your primary language is English. What was it like visiting? What did you learn about these seminarians and the professors there and the church? 
Well, I think one of the coolest things, um, well, first of all, they, they refer to it as a theological center. Mm-hmm. Um, only, I guess I asked that question because I wanted to call it a seminary too. It's like, well, you're training pastors, ordaining them, sending them out. Um, and they said, well, a seminary requires a little more higher level of education, more of an accredited sort of approach. This is the basics. We get, we'll get you the confessions, um, you know, your doctrine stuff so that you're minimally trained to be a pastor, although the, the minimal training is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds bad when I say minimal training. That's not what I mean. But going there, seeing it done in French, what's wonderful is you attend chapel. They do morning, they have matins and vespers every day. And you go to matins and it's like, oh, I know this. Mm-hmm. I know what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't actually say it, but I know exactly what they're doing. You can follow along because they're using the same liturgy that we have. It's simply been translated into French. There are some changes. You know, they're using drums and a marimba to accompany, and they don't have an organ. Uh, they have a piano guy who is interesting. <laughs> Even the other guys are like, I don't know what he's doing. Just I can't go imagine back with the drum. <laughs> trying to maintain a piano in a cl- in a climate. It's like a, that, it's a keyboard. It's an electronic oh, keyboard, okay. and he really likes to mess around with the settings, like in the <laughs> middle of it. So it's like woo. So, but I mean, it's it's in French, but you know, this is this is church. This is mm-hmm. what we're doing. I know exactly what's going on, and so even though you don't understand it, there's still that instant bond with the people of these are Christians just like me. This is wonderful. Indeed. I'm going to add as well, working as a photographer um, in, in different cultures with different languages, I tend to tune into body language a lot. And for me, that word that kept coming when you see the classroom instruction and how folks were in and out of the class and working with each other in the common grounds, I felt it was rigorous. Hmm. You know, when you look at the exam work, you look at the intensity, Yeah. even in the classroom, you look at our missionaries who are teaching there. Um, it was, you remember Reverend Waldauer was really just focused in there and teaching that. And what's great is when you look at one where the classroom is, if you look at it from one perspective as a photographer, it's, it's kind of like adjacent to the chapel. And so everything is under the cross and it just points right to the cross. And that, that's such a huge impact and to see that when it's a difficult time understanding what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Describe a typical classroom. What was the, the classroom like at the center? I think we looked at several different classrooms. Yeah, One, bring us I, into your experience, Eric. I will do that. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> to come into a classroom and to see the again that intensity there. There are students around a table and in a square fashion, and they're getting ready for exams. Mm-hmm. And you see that, that they really look forward to this. Yeah. And they t- the instruction is sincere, and teaching that, and really having that wonderful devotion to that study. Nobody was pulling out their cell phone browsing Facebook. <laughs> I mean, the it's the 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 setting itself. You you have your it's a classroom. There's tables. There's desks. There's there's all the normal items, but the building is concrete. There's no air conditioning. Uh, I don't remember if there were fans. Sometimes there may be fans, mm-hmm. but you know they're cinder block windows with with screens over them, and it's rustic wooden chairs, rustic wooden tables. I mean, it's not like when, when we say chair, the chair, we're sitting in this nice, you know, padded chair kind of thing. No, it's just basic, rustic chalkboard on the wall. Um, Map behind them. Yep. And yet they're, but at the same time, they're, they're intent, they're studying, they're paying attention, they're focused. Um, yeah. what, what's the climate like in Togo? 
hot. <laughs> so, a, little, a little warm. <laughs> Just a little. A little warm. Well, it's Harmaton right now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harmaton is, it's the winds that blow down off the Sahara. And so all of Western Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, any of the countries that are underneath the Sahara, if you're looking at a map, you know, they're kind of below, experience Harmaton. And it's just these hot, dry winds that blow off the Sahara and bring all the sand with it. And so when you're there during that season, which starts late fall for us, so October, November goes through spring for us, you know, your April, May-ish, um, there's just dust everywhere. Um, and they had the missionaries talk about, and the locals talk about a Harmaton cough, where you just constantly have dust in your nose, and so you're just coughing as if you have a cold, but it's simply your body reacting to to the dust that's just coating everything. You know, you open up your computer and it's just brown because oh. it's it's just completely covered. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, hot, dry during the day. It may cool off a little bit at night, but it's still very, very warm right now. Well, let's talk about how you, uh, how you traveled to the center and uh, what, where did you stay? What did you learn about the community when you stayed at the center? There's a vibrancy to the Pong, and coming from uh, Ouagadougou in Burkina Faso, it's a really wonderful set of roads that lead there. So we took a small passenger. <laughs> For you to say wonderful set of roads, <laughs> I, I've seen video footage from some of your travels. <laughs> no, the, other this places. actually was like paved tarmac, yeah. no potholes from mm-hmm. Burkina all the way down to Dupont. Uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, I haven't grown up in Africa. I was like, wow. We're, we can go 120 clicks, and you're just, you're good. You just have to watch out for the random speed bump and goat. Mm-hmm. What do they call and the goat. speed bumps, the uh, the silent police officers? Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're driving at, what, 70 kilometers and just whack. Bam, speed bump. <laughs> oh, we must be near a village or something. Sorry for the folks in the back. Yeah. So, so there's no warning that there's a speed bump well, necessarily. Ever, there usually is, but sometimes, like, it's, it's people put dirt across the road, mm-hmm. you know, because people are driving too fast through the village. There's there's livestock, there's children, there's people crossing the road. And so the villagers will just build their own speed bumps in mm-hmm. some cases. And so you come, all of a sudden there's this massive pile of dirt. And of course, since it's somebody building it, it's not like it's to code. So you could actually <laughs> scrape the bottom of your car going over because it it's been built a little too high. <laughs> It's like, you know what? We may be better going around this one off the road entirely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to destroy our undercarriage. I will add one. This is the first time I actually crossed the border by land from Burkina Faso into Togo and then Togo back into Burkina Faso because we flew out of Ouagadougou into Burkina Faso. And that's also the home where some of our missionaries are. And coming through a land border crossing, it's just a really unique experience because, you, you know, you kind of pull up. And of course, you don't know. We don't know where we are. <laughs> Our folks that live there do, thanks be to God. And they, you drive up there, and then you go through a series of checkpoints and halls, and get your passport stamped, and there, and, and some questions asked, and you're trying to catch up and, and and speak in French and listen in French. And then of course you kind of drive to a point where you reach a gate, and you get out, and all of a sudden, I think you go to the passport. You office. didn't get that sticker for your car. Wait, wait, there was a sticker for now, our who knew car. A sticker? That's another office. That's over there. there. <laughs> but there was no sign that said you had to go over there no. for that sticker. We didn't know. And how are those folks in the border? And I don't understand. They're selling things, but they're between countries. It's so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very. You know, can really get you kind of out of sorts because you know, you're kind of used to when you talk about border crossing. And it you, takes like two hours to do the whole process, yeah. too, because yeah. you have to do this on both sides. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and someone says, well, we'll take your passports and we'll 
you know, bring him back. And you're like, all of a sudden, the guy um, walks away with your passport, and you're like, like uh, mm, uh, he mm. went into that building and shut the door, and he's got my passport. Yeah, I'm just gonna stand here. I'm not gonna move. I'm not doing anything because I don't know what's gonna happen. I hope that passport comes back. If it doesn't, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so uh, crossing borders on land was a uh, was a new experience for for you, Eric, as you're usually traveling by plane most places indeed i'm used to the passport control i'm used to customs and to hear different experience you know and, and to see like all the different people who come to the border crossings it's really it's its own economy who, it really is who are you traveling with on the ground just so our just missionaries really? uh gary and steph schulte are the new directors for uh western africa region for the lcms uh, gary's the director and Steph uh, is heading up our medical mercy team. She started doing that. She's a nurse. And so she's going to be hosting the first two medical mercy teams later in September and November, I believe. So mm-hmm. anybody listening who's a nurse, a medical professional, wants to go do some mercy work, help provide with uh, you know medical needs of people in Togo and Burkina Faso. There's one going to each country uh, very soon. So we're traveling with them, Fred Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Schultes have been missionaries for mm. 20, 30 years. Now they they had a break in the middle where um, Gary came back and actually went to seminary, got ordained, served in a parish, and now they're back in Burkina Faso. They were lived in Togo, in Dapal, actually, and raised their family there. Fred Reinhardt has been there for since the 90s, 2000s. You know, he's going on 15 years, I think. A missionary there. He's one of the business managers. He helps out with all the all the hard things, all those little things where you think, yep. oh, you know, that's just like a normal day. Go to the bank and get money out. Okay, well, when you're overseas, particularly in Africa, that's a process all its own that could take you an entire day Indeed. just to do a simple, what we look at as a simple chore. Uh, so having somebody like Fred there to do running the visa paperwork, running, getting your bank account set up, helping you with your housing and keeping your paperwork up to date for you, and as well as being a pastor and, and serving the people in that way, uh, that's that's Fred's role. Um, th- those kind of people are really critical because when you don't have them, you, you know, out of a month, you're taking two weeks out of your month just to live. Um, yeah. Fred, Jacob, and Jacob Galgert, and mm-hmm. Micah, and I forget, oh, Robin. Robin, Robin yeah. Wildauer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the professors at Togo, at Clet, in De Palm. Mm-hmm. And they're, Micah and Jacob are two of our missionaries that are teaching there. And so they both had to learn French. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Molly. She just she arrived. She just arrived. She's yeah. new. She's actually going to be the nurse at Clet. She is currently learning French, uh, living in Burkina Faso, mm-hmm. and learning French so that she can then go to the Clet and serve there as the nurse for the students. Uh, especially when they got 40 students coming next year, they're going to really need that medical assistance and care. Yeah, it's such, that's so valuable. And I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, the new the they just moved. Yep. The McDermott's. The McDermott's. The McDermott's, they were in Ghana. They've actually just recently moved to Burkina Faso and will eventually be at the CLUT as well, helping to teach. Ryan specializes in deaf ministry. Um, that's one of his specialties. So he's done some workshops there already. And he traveled with us. And I think that, did I cover everybody? I believe so. Yeah. How far, uh, what's the distance? You mentioned you traveled from Burkina Faso to uh, Dabang. Mm-hmm. What's the, the distance from uh, that, that you had to travel from one place to the other? 
Well, you kind of measure it in Hours. time, yeah, <laughs> not actual <laughs> miles. It's not really it was, short. It was like five yeah. or six hours. It's it's basically you know you plan your day in order to do it. So we left about ten o'clock in the morning and got to De Palma around seven or eight, um, and a lot of that you know two to three hours at the border crossing, making sure you're mm-hmm. dotting all your T's and crossing your eyes, dotting <laughs> eyes and crossing T's. Which I think some people like they. When some of the passports messed up and they actually had to go back, or they didn't have their visas yeah. yet, so they had to, you know, spend a little extra time actually yeah. getting the visa. I don't know what the actual distance was from point to point. Uh, it's just you kind of start measuring in time. How long it, is it going to mm-hmm. take to get there? It felt short. Did you stay with uh, some of the missionary families, or did you stay? Is there housing at the uh, the center? Not yet. They are working on some dorms uh, to deal with this expansion. The Colette is actually building. Um, some pretty decent dorm facilities where families can actually live as well. We stayed at a hotel uh, right there in Dupont, uh, extremely reasonably priced, Very. Um, which was kind of amazing. Um, but so the, there wasn't other housing available at the time. When we were in Burkina Faso, we did stay with missionaries. They had extra guest rooms and, and that kind of stuff. Where do the students live when they're studying? They've got a couple different um, deals with landlords locally mm-hmm. um, for apartment rentals. That's uh, one of the reasons they're actually building the dormitory system is because, you know, the the rent at an apartment can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, it brings up all other sorts of issues, too. There was one student was currently dealing with a landlord who is trying to charge them uh, like an $800 electric bill. And the guy's like, I have a light bulb. I didn't spend $800 on an electric bill. I have a light bulb and I charge my phone and that's it. And so, you know, you got, you know, there's some corruption and stuff you have to deal with. And so uh, having their dorms would be a, a good solution for that where it's, it's not on campus. It's, it's a little, little ways away, but it's still their own land and their own property they're mm-hmm. working with. Mm-hmm. Being at the center with students coming from several countries, several, I would imagine cultures as well. Mm. Is there a, a common thread in the the other than they're French speaking? Is there a common thread among these uh, these students in the cultures from which they come uh, as they're gathering together at the the center? I don't know if there's a common thread among the cultures, but there's a common thread with their confession. Uh, and once again, that was you know what's amazing to see them coming together and worshiping together. You know, coming from all sorts of different backgrounds. Uh, Burundi, I think, is the farthest away. I mean, technically, Burundi is Eastern Africa, and yet it's it's a French-speaking country. So you have Eastern Africans, Western Africans all mixing together. Their foods that they eat are are very different from each other, anything from very bland to very, very spicy, you know, preferring seafood, fish to, you know, rice and beans. And so the diversity is quite large, but what they're coming around together is the confession. These are all church bodies that the LCMS is in partnership with, most of which we actually started, you know, through the work of our missionaries decades ago in these countries, planting churches, um, training up men as best they could. And now there's this school to kind of complete that process and bring them to full training there in Africa, uh, as opposed to, you know, needing to come here to St. Louis or Fort Wayne or um, other facilities in Kenya, uh, Kenya, other parts of Africa too. Um, this is a way where they can get that training closer to home in their own language. 
So I would say that's that's the common thread that I noticed. Indeed, I would agree with you completely. And also I noticed visually as a photographer, there really is a wonderful sense of community of students at mm-hmm. the school. You know, you look at that, I mentioned earlier, that rigorousness, that, that intensity of taking exams. As soon as that's lifted and you see these folks coming together, um, it was just wonderful because we all were able to share that together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was able just to kind of, um, you know, kind of sit and try to talk with some of the students and then just to share a little bit of fellowship right after some exam time. And, and you know, as a photographer, I, I try to balance like kind of being the paint behind the fly on the wall. Uh, that's kind of hard when sometimes you're visiting. Uh, so I, Or you have these two massive cameras hanging yeah. over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. People kind of notice those things. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, hard to miss. Uh, although, you know, you, you can tell what I'm working on, you know, as try and tell that story and, and really get in there and really to try to dig deeper and see, you know, what, what is this like? What is this work for the church? And uh, how are people impacted by this? We need to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, I, I want to learn more about one of the pastors you visited with while you were there and uh, hear more of his story. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Vice President Mike Pence was highly criticized in the media and other liberal areas for taking precautions to remain faithful to his wife. They were incensed he won't share a meal alone with a woman who isn't his wife, nor will he attend a mixed gathering where alcohol is served without his wife present. The vice president should be commended for respecting his wife instead of being castigated. A writer for the National Post said his efforts represent a, quote, rape culture, which doesn't make any sense. She also said the vice president devalues women because he's pro-life, so his actions were sexist. I'm sure Mrs. Pence is very pleased with her husband's safeguards. I'm sure they also protect him from false accusations or innuendos, which the other side would love to use. Like us on Facebook at Life Issues and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Hi, we're Jonathan, Matthew, and Nathaniel Clayton. We listen to KFO every chance we get. One of the shows we like is Thy Strong Word, hosted by Pastor Whedon. One thing I love about Thy Strong Word is how they are able to tie in what great church fathers have said about the passages. I like that Thy Strong Word gets through a whole chapter of the Bible each day and shows the things you never even knew were there. What I like about Thy Strong Word is that Pastor Whedon, the host, is fun and always energetic as he studies the text. We would encourage you to listen to KFUO every chance you get. Just Just like like we we do. God's word is our great heritage and shall be ours forever. I'm William Whedon, LCMS Director of Worship. We romp through the sacred scriptures rejoicing in the salvation that is ours in Jesus Christ. Thy strong word. Weekday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Underwritten by Lutheran Heritage Foundation. 
Visit them on the web at lhfmissions.org. Popularly known as a Christmas tradition telling the nativity of the Messiah, George Friedrich Handel's famous oratorio, Messiah, proclaims the full narrative and good news of Jesus' nativity, life, death, and resurrection to rescue us from our sin. Join us for a broadcast of this beloved sacred classic, Easter Sunday, 1 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying, learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. We did it, so can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Cross Defense, your weekly dose of knowing why you believe what you believe so that you will be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the hope that you have in the life, death, resurrection, and return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Join us on this journey into ultimate truth known as Christian dogmatics, that which is laid down for us to give a clear defense of our most holy faith. Mondays at 2 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO, underwritten by the Luther Academy. Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Eddie Bates. We're learning about our Lutheran partners in West Africa. Recently, uh, Eric Lunsford and Peter Slayton from LCMS Communications took a trip uh, along with uh, our Office of International Mission staff, uh, Mission Support, Christian Belke, went and learned about uh, the work happening in, in Togo and other parts of West Africa and sharing their story about their travels with us today. So you visited the Center for... Uh, I always mess it up. Center for <laughs> the Lutheran Center for Theological Education. Thank you, because I didn't. More better than that. I yeah, did more, more better. better. <laughs> I say it the bestest. While you were visiting, you had a chance to visit with one of the local pastors, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me about your visit with this uh, with the local pastor and uh, what you learned about his service and those he cares for. He has more energy than I do. And that's great. <laughs> what do you mean that's, by that? That's saying a lot because so, Eric's the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I did earn my nickname Nitro from my you former did, yeah. colleagues in the paper. He is does not waste an opportunity to share the word of God and, sh- and tell people about Jesus. So we see the Reverend Re- Remy, which I think we just... Pastor Remy. Pastor Remy, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it, how they talk about him. We meet him on the corner of like two dirt roads. And he's got in his moto, right? And uh, he's like, let's go. So we meet him in the morning and we literally drive and then walk out to a little small village, which is a traditional, um, what's the construction on that village? Would you say it's concrete and mud? Well, it's the traditional is mud, mud mm-hmm. bricks uh, with grass thatch roof. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're round, round huts with the, you know, your typical, when you think like African hut, it's this. This is what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a little bit more money, uh, you will have begun using uh, concrete and tin roofs. So you'll have more of a square concrete block kind of a building that has been added to your traditional compound. So it's not like they're abandoning entirely and, and changing everything, but they're adding this in to the compound. So picture this experience. It's a dry heat. It's hot. 
It's in the morning, so things are just really heating up for the day. And here is Pastor Remy. He's clad in this this, this purple dress shirt with um, a really wonderful suit, and he's just walking now into toward this home. And he sits down, and we have these little wooden kind of pews that I, I, I'm not sure where they came from. They just kind of appear. They disappear. Yeah, well, appear. you can see, did you see the kid carrying one? Yeah. Like, this yeah, little four-year-old yeah. kid is carrying this, you know, six-foot-long bench on her head, yeah. <laughs> walking down the path so that there's a bench for everybody to sit on. And he sits down, and he pulls out his Bible, and he's telling people. And the great thing about it is, and this this happens a lot now. Yeah, this, this. Is, this is, he's visiting a home of yeah. one of his parishioners. This I mean, this is, he's just doing a visitation, and we're along with him. And what's great, I see this over and over, and I love this. First, it's five people, and then it becomes ten. And then a few more people come. And before you know it, there is a whole group of people underneath this tree. Mango and, tree. Was it, well, I thought it was that special nut that had No, the, this, was a, this was a mango tree. That was a mango? Yeah. That wasn't the one with the nuts with the tree that kind of tastes like a peanut? Oh, no, that was the tree over next door. That oh, was like the right. other tree in the yard. Oh, got yeah. it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Which, by the way, I want to see the best mangoes. The world grow in areas like these are just fantastic. So you see him, and now this crowd of people have come around, and he's just he's giving a devotion and he's praying. And I mean, Peter, would you agree? This is just I mean, this is what it's about. Yeah, he's he's being a pastor. Yeah. And what was wonderful, he's he's one of the pastors who is trained uh, through the Clet. Uh, he he graduated early 2000s. Um, he was in one of the, I believe he was actually the second class, second graduating class. And so he had gone out and he had planted a church um, on his vicarage, planted a church here in this particular village. It was the first Lutheran church there and has been serving that village ever since. So he's, he's it's wonderful. He's, he's, he's what you generally picture a pastor as mm-hmm. being very personable, very caring, uh, meeting with his people, talking to um, anybody who comes up who has questions. And so he's leading a devotional on Romans, I uh, forget which, where in Romans he, he was leading it on, but just kind of sharing the gospel with, with the people. And it was cool because a couple of the people who attended don't attend church. Mm-hmm. Um, so this particular um, visit was the home of one of the women who goes there. She attends church, her husband doesn't. And we actually posted on LCMS social media. We posted her picture, and I can't say her name offhand, right? Salalipak. Salalipak, I believe. Yeah, I think that was that was her name, and her prayer request. And I want to share this right here on the air too, so people can be praying. Is praying specifically for her husband that he would begin attending church, uh, but also for the men of the village because it's very much the kind of situation where the women go to church, but the husbands don't. Uh, they're they're much more towards the traditional religion, the ancestor worship, animism, and, and everything that goes along with that, uh, Islam is making huge inroads into these areas as well. Uh, we're conducting interviews with our missionaries in Dapont, and the call to prayer is going on in the background. But Salalapak had a particular prayer request that, that we would pray, that her husband would begin attending church and husbands in general, because their church is mostly women and children, and the, the women are very discouraged by this. Well, her husband came to this devotional. He was there. And his brother came too. Uh, if you read the article, Lambombic uh, is the other man who came. Lambombic has, hasn't been to church at all. He's not a Christian. And he came, heard this devotion and said, you know what? I think I want to try visiting church. And just, you know, this this has made me want to visit church. So it's not like there's like this big conversion experience, amazing um, 
you know, kind of thing, but just that little, the seed had been planted. He heard God's word. He heard the gospel and mm-hmm. it, it begins doing its work in him. When the pastor comes to your home to deliver the word of God, to deliver the good gifts of God in mm-hmm. his word, it, it's a little bit harder to, uh, to, to run and hide from it, I suppose. <laughs> it's, it's right there in front of you, yeah. And this, you know, we think about, you know, comparing that to American culture for a pastor to come visit your home. That, in American culture, you know, a few decades ago, that wasn't that unusual. Today, I would say it's probably not as common in mm-hmm. American culture for a pastor to come visit you in your home, unless you are particularly a shut-in. Yeah, you're, you're homebound, homebound, you're sick, mm-hmm. you've got, there's some... Uh, extenuating circumstances that would lead to that. I think it, it's not a necessarily a criticism on our pastors because, because I think our pastors are so busy with all the programs that we have going on at church. It can be difficult for them to do that sort of thing. And so that highlights some of the differences culturally, I'd say, where, you know, the, the African church, this, the one in these ones in Togo in particular that we experienced are highly, relationship oriented. I mean, mm-hmm. African culture in general uh, leans that way. It's Indeed. not about the event. It's not about the schedule. It's about the people. And so the pastors there operate within that that cultural model. And it, it, it makes a difference. You, you can see in visits like this uh, with Pastor Ramey in particular, where he just, he's doing what he loves. Mm-hmm. And it's very evident. It's so evident when you see him. Yeah. What was the the response of the the people when when he showed up? You know, when when he appeared at their home, pulled out chairs. They brought out uh, you know the nice chairs for Eric and I, which we ended up not using because Eric's taking pictures and I'm getting video footage. It's like this feels awkward. We're clearly supposed to be sitting in the honored guest chairs, but I know we're working. We have to do this other stuff. But you know, they the children sit quietly and listen. Um, the, the parents, the, the mothers who came, it was mostly women. Cause you know, the men are out working. I mean, it was a weekday it, it, they had things that they were doing. And so, uh, the fact that Mambombek and the husband came at all was actually quite surprising. Indeed it was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. good, good to see them there. Mm-hmm. What else did you learn about Pastor Remy during this visit? He's a photography buff. And so, I mean, you find, <laughs> so you had I an find instant a connection. Well, I'll talk shop all day. And so we were just kind of sharing things and, and talking about what he likes. And that, I think that comes back to what Peter is saying about relationship building. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I, that's what I love. I mean, one thing, I, my first lesson I learned in Africa was hard for us to really get our minds around. And it was, we're going to go someplace else. And so for us, it's really hard because it's not about the schedule. You know, it's not about what we're going to do next. We're going to go someplace else. We might meet someone new. And it's not a thing where we say, well, you know, I really need to get back. I want to get back. to No, it's about spending that time with that visitation. That's why that's so important. And so for us to be able to just spend a little bit of time with Pastor Remy, you know, and and Pastor Remy really got a great sense of like what we were doing with the church work and, and showing that and telling that story. And uh, we were so appreciative of him going out there and really letting us join him. I mean, I'm so appreciative when folks let me in for just a little bit of slice of their time to tell that story, I'm just so incredibly grateful because then, it's an extremely personal thing. I mean, you're bringing on a photographer and a videographer on your pastoral care visit. Yeah, that's <laughs> you, you can't help but, and then I, I can't help but feel like a bull in a you know porcelain factory um, as a photographer <laughs> because, as Peter was saying, you know, you have this um, these 
little space of honor as the visitors. And I'm like, I'm going to get up and just kind of wander around and make pictures. And don't mind me while I'm really close to you making pictures during this devotion. And creeping around behind you. And you're like, yeah. hey, what's, go- what's going on? Who's there behind me? And every <laughs> click of the shutter of the camera sounds like a cannonball. <laughs> boom. When really it's just a quiet little. So I was there to distract him with my large iPad on a tripod because it's like it looks even bigger than his camera. So they stare at me while Eric makes his pictures and we're good. So in that case, it worked out great. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, uh, after you completed the, or after Pastor completed his visit there, where did you go to next? Can I I add one thing real quick? Sure. One thing I love, um, I really wanted to make portraits. And, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, that's one thing I great about a portrait is that it really makes someone accessible to the viewer because photography in a sense is kind of a collaboration, right? So you're looking at it, but portraits allow for you to stare at someone and not be uncomfortable about it. (laughs) Like I'm staring at you right now. Um, so I wanted just to just take a couple of people and ask them, can I make a portrait? And folks are fine. What's interesting is that Peter, how many people asked to be photographed about 20 yeah pretty much that was the entire the um, whole group. group and so we spent i think a good no- maybe another hour yeah just making portraits and first of all thank i mean thank you <laughs> it's 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 like again it's so personal and so um intimate um but that really appeals to that relationship but i think after that we after that we, we went to a literacy class yeah so it's you talk about like you know, relationship oriented. We got picked up at seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, we're going to go on a pastoral care visit. Mm-hmm. It'll be short. And we're like, and you know, a, a normal American would be like, oh, we'll be back by nine thirty. Yeah. Half an hour. <laughs> Having grown up in Africa, I'm like 1 PM. Yep. That's mm-hmm. the earliest we're going to be back is 1 PM. Mm-hmm. I just, it's the way it is. So we did the pastoral care visit. We were there till about 10 30, oh, yeah. 11. Yeah. It was very long. Um, good, you know, long in a good way. And then we went to a literacy class. Uh, so one of the things that LCMS missionaries had begun doing, you know, have been doing for a while is taking, developing literacy materials and teaching the people to read and write their own language with the goal of being able to read scripture, uh, to read and understand scripture for themselves. And Pastor Ramy has been involved in that, you know, among the many things he does, one of his pastoral care things is helping people learn to read and write their own language. And so um, we got to attend a class. They were kind of out of session. So this was a little more staged in that, you know, we're going to have a review session so that the, you know, the people from America can see what we're doing. So it wasn't an official, we're actually having a literacy class. So it was kind of a review session, but to give us a taste for, you know, the women and children who are attending, um, learning to write their own alphabet and eventually learn to read scripture and, uh, it's just a wonderful additional, so you got the theological training. Okay, great. That That's wonderful. But we also want people to be able to read and write so they can read God's word. And I think this is also a great, great time to also introduce Valerie Stonebreaker. Oh, yeah. Who's an LCMS missionary in Togo. I think, I mean, goodness. Um, would you say We forgot Valerie's, to introduce her earlier. Well, I, I, yeah. I think the thing about Valerie, I, I want to just, I think she's more Togolese now yeah. than American. What do you mean by that? She, she's not American anymore. No, she is. And that's that's a good thing. That's, that's awesome. That's like not a knock at her at all. No. She has so completely adapted to the culture. She's been there since the 90s, uh, went over to teach missionary kids. 
and eventually started working in some of the local schools there and has just stayed. Mm-hmm. And so one of her big projects is these literacy classes, helping organize them and, and run them. And she has a dream of having a Lutheran school in Togo for the the kids in Dapont to actually have good theological education. But um, like everything about her, you're like, yeah, she's white, you know, ethnically white, but she's Togolese. The way in which she talks and she operates and everything it's it's just cool to see her these are my people this is my home this is this is who i am and i will do whatever it takes to bring god's word to these people and help ensure that they have it yeah you can really get a sense that um uh, any folks that we visited with it's very comfortable with her they love her presence mm-hmm. and uh, i think i think she's a wonderful um person that she works with some of the other students i believe remember yeah. well yeah. pastor remy is her pastor too. that's right yeah so that's yeah. that's one how we got this connection he is you know when she needs pastoral care the church she attends where she receives a sacrament it's his church mm-hmm. um and yeah so it's, it's wonderful to see things working that way speaking of uh, of the the local church and pastor remy uh, were you able to attend i, I think you mentioned earlier being present for uh, Sunday services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't his church that we went to. We went to a different one. That's part of the, with these trips, we have to keep moving around so that we can kind of get a feel for, as broad a feel for what's going on there. So we did attend a different church um, in another town. I'm blanking the name on it. Mir? Mir? You'll come to me. Mir. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Um, We did attend worship at that church, and the president of the Lutheran Church of Togo actually was there um, at assisting, you know, with, with that service. And we got to meet him and hear a little bit of his history. He graduated in the first class, um, that graduated from Clut and was one of the first pastors ordained. And now he's the president of the Lutheran church there in that area. So he's known all of our missionaries throughout. They've trained him and raised him up. Uh, fantastic to see that relationship ongoing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, what, you had, yeah, I think you had some interesting impressions at the church service. Had you ever been to something like that? I don't remember. <laughs> I have, I have. The one thing um, I, I always try to prepare people for, and this is what I've learned, so it's not like I'm a seasoned professional telling someone <laughs> to just learn this. But um, again, uh, if the service is at 10, it's not going to start right at 10. <laughs> Um, Even ten thirty might be pushing it. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> and that's totally cool. And, uh, you know, and... Um, you know, maybe in an American parish, you know, you're rounding an hour, people are like, uh, pastor's going to go over a minute. Nah, you know, <laughs> um, I'm like, hey, bring it here uh, in, in Africa. That might be two hours. And that's okay. And that's have great. you ever been to a service where they have two sermons? Ooh, I I've, don't think so. I've been to those. Every <laughs> once in a while you'll have that because like the missionary is here. So, okay, now we're going to hear a ah, message from the missionary yeah, or yeah. something. I, um, but you, you get all... You know, especially when there's Western visitors, mm-hmm. uh, it's, they want to honor their visitors. Yes, you know, they want to be very respectful and and you know honor them for taking the time to come and the money. I mean, they understand what it takes for us to come, and so all the different church choirs want to do something. And yeah. most African churches, there's maybe there's a men's choir, there's a women's choir, there's a children's choir, there's a youth choir. There might be like an all ages choir, and all of them want to sing a song that they've been working on for you. And so those all get fit into the liturgy in one way or another. So you've got your standard liturgy pieces where you know, okay, Mm -hmm. well, you know, here's the confession absolution, here's the Gloria. But then there's all these other things that are scattered throughout as well. Um, Offertories in particular, what, like 
20 minutes. Oh, indeed. And you know what? I just really want to hold this mic and just shake it real close and say, it is joyful. (laughs) (laughs) The the dancing proves it. (laughs) I actually have a a soundbite from uh, Missionary Gaugert. Oh, yeah. That he shared with us this this Christmas. Oh, that was a good one. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Savior of the nations come. And that was a very tame treatment of it, too. Yes. I mean, you'll hear versions <laughs> where they're like, we're going to speed this up. And they'll just go and, and enjoy it. So you'll, yeah. <laughs> but you hear, the, you hear the drum in the background. The, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, uh, probably a djembe, something like that. You might hear a marimba. Um, they'll, they'll add those kinds of instruments in. Uh, the church service we were at, they had a full brass, yes. brass section. Uh, A trombone, a couple trumpets, Um, guys that have taught themselves. It's literally, they just stand there and they blow into it and experiment with it until the sound that they want comes out. They're not reading music. Playing by ear. Totally. And and with no teacher either. They're just, so they come, they come processing in and the song will start off and it's kind of like they're finding their Mm -hmm. place a little bit. And then once they got going, they're like, boom, here it is. All right. That's the key. Let's go. Um, and it's just amazing to hear, at, especially knowing nobody taught them. They just, mm-hmm. I like this instrument. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to figure it out and play it. And they do. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> not too often you see a little brass ensemble walking down a dirt road. In, in the uh, middle of nowhere. Joe, you're like yeah. two hours away from any sort of yeah. you know, civilization. So was this a will. part of a processional in the, the apparently, service? Apparently, well, this particular one was apparently a farewell processional yep. for the for us as we were leaving after church. Yep. Apparently, that's a thing that they do in that particular area where they'll have like a parade to say goodbye to. And so the four guys with their brass instruments came walking up playing and then they went into the church and they were like, okay, that's your cue to leave. <laughs> like, oh. Okay, great. <laughs> cool. We get a farewell parade. Cool. Do we get that here? I don't know. I, can I get that as I leave work every day? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. We'll, we'll work on a, a parade for you as you leave the At studio today. At least a today. little fanfare, you know, something. <laughs> so the hospitality there was very warm. Oh, oh my it gosh, always yes, is. Indeed. Yeah. indeed. They, they bring out the best food that they have to offer you. Um, very often nicer than they would ever eat themselves. I mean, that's pretty typical, the the way in which they treat their guests. I think they actually, one thing they did that a lot of people won't do, they actually toned down the spiciness of the food for us. Which which Peter and I are like, no, no, no. Wait, no, no, no. Crank we it want back the up. real stuff. <laughs> We're totally cool with that. But, you know, they'll, they'll go so far as to recognize, oh, Westerners have a hard time with pepper, so we'll, we'll, we'll tone it down. What were the questions they had for you while you were visiting? Ooh. Did they have questions question. for you? I don't know. That's one of the hard things when Eric and I are taking, you know, making the pictures, being in the background, always like trying to like cover what's going on. We weren't as available for them to ask us questions. It's a very different kind of a visit. It's the first time I've gone as a reporter. Um, 
my previous trips to Africa, you know, having grown up there or leading short-term mission trips, you know, yeah, you would have those opportunities for conversation. They might want to know about what's your life like back home. I mean, they did want to see pictures of my kids and I have mm-hmm. a family and wanted to know that mm-hmm. sort of thing. That's always the, you know, the initial conversation start with, are you married? Do you have kids? Tell me about your grandparents. I mean, they'll, it's, that's how they talk. Um, we didn't have a lot of those opportunities because we're, getting the story <laughs> but surely you put down the camera at some point and have a have a dinner or when a, i took a, meal. a nap at the hotel yeah <laughs> no, no, no doubt no doubt i'm sure one of the villages knows very well my son andrew and my daughter hannah and yeah. show those pictures so yeah i mean yep. you, you share this um indeed the camera does come down at times and sometimes actually it's better just to put the cameras down and just like okay you know you because you need I'm to be not recording this now that's right yeah we're here we're present you know Especially like times of fellowship where we're eating together. Yeah. Well, especially because you're using your hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all messy with the food and the sauce yeah, and, and everything. Then, you so know, and, and, I'm not going to pick up my camera now. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done that before. With the harmaton dirt on there, remember? Oh, really just kind of got, like a gritty, dirty. Yeah. You start mess. hearing the dust grinding in his lens as it's yeah. focusing and everything. It's like, oh, oh there's yeah. harmaton right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a uh, man, dangerous territory for a photographer, I'm sure. For your equipment. Yep. Yeah, but you know, and the great thing is, I mean, you're able to tell that story. Yeah. And and, and do that. And thanks so, to God. And speaking of some, just some uh, amazing photos in the uh, Lutherans Engaged this month or this quarter, uh, a moment decades in the making is the, the story that uh, Peter has written in great photography from uh, from Eric in this uh, Lutherans engage. We can find it online, correct? Oh yeah, indeed. The, the edition just came out last week, so um, engage.lcms.org is the website, or just do a search for Lutherans engage on mm-hmm. the LCMS website. You'll be able to find it. It is the current issue, the spring 2017 issue. Yeah, uh, we've also got a video, you know, kind of telling the story of the mm-hmm. clut. If you go online, you can see that, and a few more pictures have been added into that story there as well. A fine job of uh, just capturing the story in those images the, the the one that stands out probably the most for me is uh the one of the uh the women singing during the offertory at the sunday service yeah mm-hmm. yep Just, yep yeah and and the library as well the the resources at the at the uh the center as well and that's that's one of their difficulties that they face is there are not many good theological resources in french uh, the Book of Concord, if you watch the video that we've got there, it's only been available for 10, 15 years, translated into French. The hymnal, uh, we got our LSB in 2006, and it was then translated into French a couple years after that. So I don't even know if they're going on 10 years with, with the hymnal at this point. Um, but that's been one of the most difficult things to grapple with is training pastors is we have no resources in French with which to train these men. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fantastic now. They have the Book mm-hmm. of Concord. And the hymnal are fully translated, and scripture. Obviously, you have you know scripture is translated too. And so, with those three things, you've got all the basics, um, and they're they're using them. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Printed resources certainly in the the language of the people is certainly a valuable yeah. uh, resource to have. If you've got a French the, book of mm-hmm. Concord laying around, send it over. They Indeed. could use it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for sharing your story of your travels and uh, the Lutherans in Togo and other parts of West Africa. Thanks for uh, for sharing the story in Lutherans Engaged this quarter as well. My pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. My guest today, Peter Slayton and Eric Lunsford, LCMS Communications. Coming up in just a little bit, 
Thy Strong Word with Pastor Whedon on Worldwide KFUO. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.